Oh, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent for the West Aurora Schools, and we're back with uh, podcast number five this, today. And uh, we are extremely uh, honored to be able to have Gilbert, Gilberto Chadez Jr. And Gil is a graduate of West Aurora Schools. And Gil, uh, welcome this morning. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Oh, we appreciate you taking the time to come out and, and get through a little stormy weather today. <laughs> uh, really looking forward to this. This is, uh, this is a little departure. We've been in, uh, interviewing and, and talking with uh, employees and and uh, as a former student, we really want to uh, welcome you and welcome you back to uh, West Aurora Grounds and uh, look forward to a good conversation today. Thank you. Same as here. So give us a little bit about, uh, you know, when you graduated, uh, what that looked like right after graduation, what you've been doing, and then we'll just kind of probe down some of those uh, areas. Yeah, definitely. So I graduated from West Aurora in uh, May of 2009. Okay. And then right after that, I went down south to Champaign, Illinois, from nice. the University of Illinois down there. Uh, studied civil engineering, uh, did my bachelor's there, and then I decided college was, uh, was too fun. So I stuck around <laughs> for my master's in civil engineering right after that. So I graduated my bachelor's in 2014 wow. and then my master's in 2015. Outstanding. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense while you're there. Just, just get after it and Absol knock it out while, while you're in school mode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, you have siblings. Yes. You want to talk about them a little bit? Yes. So uh, I got two younger brothers, uh, Raul Chaitas. He graduated in 2013. Yes. And then he went on to Western Illinois, which he just graduated this May. Home and of the Leathernecks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he, he really liked that school. Um, uh, he's actually in the U.S. Army. So, oh, no kidding. Uh, Western's very, uh, very inviting to our veterans and to our military members. Uh, offers a lot of programs and it's something that really attracted him to that school. Well, we appreciate his service. Well, thank Outstanding. You. And then my younger brother, uh, Melton, he graduated in 2016. Yes. And then he, he went back to my alma mater currently right now. So I got an excuse and a place to go to. Put that arm around younger brother's shoulder, right? Yes, sir. Yes, well, sir. we know Melton well. He was uh, one of our early uh, student board members and was. was phenomenal representation of uh, Westboro High School in our district. So, well, uh, once again, we really appreciate you being here. Um, so you have a civil engineering degree. You got your master's in civil engineering. Uh, what have you done with it? Where are you at? What are you doing? So I, it, it's a funny story because if you look at the different careers I was looking at at college, I didn't line up with where I'm at now. So currently I'm a project manager for Turner Construction. Um, so Turner Construction is a, it's a national construction management company. Uh, we've done pretty high profile projects, but here in Chicago, we pretty much focus on uh, healthcare, education, and more, and more institutional type, uh, type projects. So. I'm actually right now working for um, uh, the Advocate Good Samaritan Hospital in Downers Grove. We're doing a little bit of uh, interior renovations. We're building out a new office for their HR department, and then we're building a new uh, simulation lab for them. So when they have new new doctors or new nurses come in, they essentially walk into a simulation patient room with these very high-tech uh, mannequins because they're definitely not dummies. Yeah. They're, they're these high-tech mannequins, and they get to uh, practice their uh, different procedures there sure. while... Uh, while before they actually go on to the real patients. Keeping it real and relevant right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I can just, I can just see the look on your face, uh, and I wish folks that are listening today uh, could, could pick up. I mean, you're very proud of, of what you're doing right now and pretty excited about the projects you've got. So what drew you into civil engineering? What, what kind of said, hey, 
Gil, let's let's tap down this path because that's not an easy thing place to go, a- especially at U of I. And I say that as you know, I got my doctorate down in Champaign, and, and so I know there's some. It's rigorous, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to get into, and it's not easy to get out of. So, Absolutely. what pushed you that direction? So, from the very beginning, I actually uh, most of my childhood, I actually wanted to be an architect, and it all boiled down to Legos. I I always I always enjoyed um, <laughs> with my parents, and it's. It's a pretty typical question once you get into like the engineering world that a lot of kids could draw into engineering through Legos. Um, when I was a kid, I never liked the Lego sets that were pre-assembled where you already built either a ship or a park or whatever. I always liked the uh, the big, it was like two by four tubs that all they had was you know little rectangles or little squares and you got to make whatever you wanted right. out of them. And what really fascinated me, me was when I would go up visit Chicago with my parents and you walk up to the Sears Tower, now the Willis Tower, or anything, and you say, like, how, how in the world is this thing still up in the air? No one's afraid that it'll fall down. And such fascinating structure. So wanted to get into architecture, you know, design my own, my own buildings, my own structures. And then once I was in high school, especially when I started taking physics with Mr. Stern, mm. uh, he just, you know, opened, opened my eyes to a whole new side of basically building and construction through, through the world of physics that, through math and science, which I was really good at, you could actually take a different career and, you know, build things and make sure that these things work the way they're supposed to be working. And it just attracted me a lot better. And obviously, when I took a, a graphic design course while I was at West, I was not the, the best student there. So I figured math and science was the, was the career to go um, versus uh, doing the actual design work itself. You know, that's it's incredible that you bring all those pieces to bear that you know, here you are, your family exposure just to seeing some of these mm-hmm. incredible structures that not everybody gets to see. I mean, just downtown Aurora, I think we've got, you know, 13, 14 stories. Yeah. And you go down and talk about the referencing the Willis Tower at, at, at over 1,100 feet. And then you're able to say, that's something I'm interested in. How do I pursue that? And, and that's, it's an incredible uh, piece. So if I can rewind you back to your comments about, you know, you, your folks got your Legos. And, and exposed you to some of those those really impressive structures. I think it would be interesting for people listening. They said, geez, here's this guy that, that came from Westboro High School. He now has pursued a, a passion and got a civil engineering degree, which was not a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. But now he's able to take that education, turn it into a career that he can be extremely proud of, making a difference for a lot of people. So talk to me back when you were a kid. What was that like? You talked about going downtown. You had two younger brothers. Just give me a sense of, of what life was like when you were a young child and, and yeah. what some of the elementaries you went to, the middle school, and what that felt like. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so I'm very proud that um, pretty much from first grade through 12th grade, I stayed in the district. Yes. Uh, so I went to Hall Elementary School. Okay. I went to Jefferson and then through uh, uh, the actual high school itself. And being the oldest, it was definitely tough. Uh, when I say that I'm a first-generation student, uh, typically you hear that when it's first-generation going to college. But uh, my parents actually from uh, Durango, Mexico, they come from a very rural background. So um, when you think of Mexico, you think of Mexico City, you think of Monterey, Guadalajara, big cities. Yeah. My parents are from like a town that's maybe 1,200 people. Wow. So it's pretty tiny. Um, just think of pretty much like central Illinois. And at those times, um, you would get to sixth grade, and after sixth grade, if, you, if your parents were for money, which my parents weren't, uh, you either went back home, t- 
to work in the ranch to help you know provide for the family so that your younger siblings could go to school up to sure. sixth grade um so when i started going to school up, up to the point of elementary school my parents were, were very helpful in, in helping me out but it was uh, it was difficult i uh, i actually grew up in mexico i was born here in aurora but uh really early in my childhood i went back to mexico go no grow up with my my grandparents and uh in their in their hometown which i totally loved it was definitely a great time um it was a very fundamental time of learning my family's history my family's culture so that when i came back to aurora um you know i had a, a solid ground uh foundation sure. to, to where my family came from the the hard part is that you know obviously in mexico you don't speak english so mm -hmm. come first grade n did not know a single word of english and here we go uh let, let's do this right so it I, I will still say to this day that even though i've achieved my master's first grade was the toughest grade i've ever uh had to go through just because of getting over that that hump of uh, of learning the language and you know getting getting the right support because we, you look you would look at my report cards reading and writing was always subpar mm -hmm. but math was was just just there because math is universal you bet. throughout the world and um uh, thankful to a lot of the teachers that i had second grade miss nyer miss monaco for third grade mr Britton for fourth grade and then Ms. Shotsman for fifth grade, they were instrumental in my development. I went from, you know, being uh, a kid who struggled to uh, to basically meet the requirements of that grade level to by the time I was in fifth grade, I was at an eighth grade reading level. And I, I loved to learn. Before, I, I dreaded going to school just because I felt like I, w I didn't fit in. I uh, uh, It was just a constant struggle. And then through, through these amazing teachers that I had at elementary school, they really set Changed the direction of 180 of uh, of me wanting to go to school and excelling at school, and then eventually, you know, I definitely owe it to them of being able to to make it through the rigorous path, like you said, uh, down in Champagne. That you really have to have the right mindset and the right, right dedication if you want to make it through through those programs. You bet. What well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about you felt like you didn't fit in, and I'm assuming the language was a big big part of that. But were there other aspects that caused you to say, well, I'm different or I don't, you know, I don't look like everyone around me or vice versa? It, it was more of a, like you said, it was the language definitely for sure that I felt I didn't fit in. And it was it was more of like an, an academic performance. Everyone was learning at a much faster pace uh -huh. or, or whenever the teacher would, would read us a story during our, our break. I, I didn't understand any of it. And then I will never forget during lunch, I... Uh, it was like a, it was like at the open gym, and you either had your hot lunch or your cold lunch. Right. And I don't understand the concept of why it was a cold lunch because every time I brought lunch from home, it was warm. Uh -huh. So <laughs> I was like, okay, so you know, kids eating you know their PB and J sandwiches, and here I come out with a Ziploc bag with tamales, and everyone's just <laughs> staring at me like, what is that? And then they see that I'm peeling off the leaf, and you don't eat that. You know, for a second, I was like, these are good, but I don't want to eat them when half of the school is just watching me eat it. So, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was a good thing. The kids were, I, I made really good friends. And surprisingly, me not knowing English, um, there was a lot of kids that reached out. And to this day, um, it's, it's real funny. When was it? February of either this year or last year, we had a little mini uh, fifth grade reunion with some of these students. I think, thankfully to social media and through Facebook, uh, we connected, and it was a, like a group of 20 of us that no got kidding. back together after 17 years of, of being in class together. So that's it was definitely impressive. amazing. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a phenomenal story. You know, our board president is from Cuba mm -hmm. and had a very similar story about arriving at the high school age and not having the command of English language, and he's at one of the large Chicago high schools. 
but it's impressive that you you had to pick up basically the English language as you went, and thankfully, as you said, you had some peers that reached out and and uh, kind of befriended you and and uh, helped make a difference along with some guidance of uh, some important adults. And it's impressive that you remember the names of those teachers going oh, back absolutely. there. But, but and, and those are some things that we we advocate here is that every student should have at least one adult that they can go to. And obviously, you've had a couple in your life that have made an impact on you. That's that's just awesome. Absolutely. Um, were there other challenges that um, that you kind of felt like were? Uh, I mean, you, you talk about uh, food that you eat differently. You eat different foods because that's part of the culture, and that causes people to take notice. The language is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Were there other challenges uh, just culturally that you felt uh, like you didn't fit? And then when did that change? Where like hey, I'm part of this whole, this whole game, and, and I'm somebody too. Absolutely. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily that, that I didn't fit in, in certain aspects, but um, there was a couple, couple times the, the idea of college really didn't come up until I was in sophomore, junior of, of, of high school. Okay. And it wasn't because my parents didn't encourage me, but when, when you come from a family background where making it to high school was already the first in the family, let alone going to a, a university. Um, my parents were pretty much right there with me as, as invested that they were like, we want to help you, but we just don't know what we need to do to help yeah. you. Versus, you know, you have other, other students that are fortunate enough to have, you know, their parents from, from day one tell them, do, figure out what your passion is and we'll be there right there with you to help you out where we can take you to school uh, to be able to achieve that. Um, so I felt that there was a couple times that, you know, I, I didn't know what to ask, who to ask, and where to go just to get the, the process started. Thankfully, um, I, I can't remember the name of this program, but there's a program offered through the high school that is pretty much just like, think of it like boot camp for parents of okay. uh, how, to, how to help your students get through, uh, get to college. And it's with the, um, I'm, for, I'm forgetting her name. She's a doctor. Uh, for, she's from Puerto Rico, and she was Dr. Ferrer. Yes, yes, yes. With Dr. Ferrer, and uh, my mom actually signed up for that program. I mean, she, you Very would think cool. she's taking a, a 300 level course at university. <laughs> she came back with a binder of notes, and this is what you got to talk to. And you know, it really uh, boosted my uh, my path to okay. You know, this is going to be a possibility, and and I, I just took it from there. I just took it from there, and uh, but but without those resources that the high school offered. You know, it, it would have been very difficult to have made it to a university, let alone make it to uh, uni- uh, to U of I, which right now is the number one civil engineering school. It definitely scared me for a second. I, I put in my application, but I, I won't know if, if I'll get in. So I had a couple o- other options. And then, fortunately enough, you know, uh, I saw your shoulders it. come back and your chest puffed out when you just said that. So <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. That's it's awesome. Of course I had Absolutely. it. You got to be. That's just proud moments. You know. Well, I, I, I had no idea that that was your, your introduction or your inquiry into post-secondary opportunity. But, and Dr. Ferreira, so, uh, since uh, she's retired, mm-hmm. but what a dynamic, I mean, just her personality yes. just really picked you up and grabbed you. Yes. And I can see why, why your folks would gravitate to that. And, you know, it's impressive that your parents... Whatever your passion is, we want to support you. We just don't know how, and how can we get behind you? Geez, mm-hmm. I wish I could take a, a, you know thirteen thousand of those parents and say this is what we we don't expect you to have the answers, 
but please get behind your child and support them and mush, you know, yeah. move them forward. That's an incredible story. Um, I want to take you back a little bit. You talked about Dr. Stern, the physics teacher, and yes. he's still with us, and, and uh, he continues to, to be a magnet for, for students because he is that personality. You talked about uh, your passion uh, and your, um, uh, your leanings towards math and science. Talk a little bit, if you would, uh, the importance of the high school education and that experience and take advantage uh, of, of those opportunities. And I, and I differentiate the high school experience from the college experience because in high school, you've got a lot of people around you that are pushing you, hey, get to class, mm -hmm. hey, you got to get better, hey, get your homework done, hey, make sure you get this done. In college, it's on you. Yep. Nobody else cares. As long as you're paying the bill, that just get there and mm -hmm. we'll take care of it. But other than that, it's on you. So talk to me a little bit about that, that, that importance of education at the high school, the middle school level, and, and that preparation. And I'm really curious about your, I don't know how to get to college, I don't know who to ask, and, and kind of that pathway that you went. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I guess we could say that uh, through Dr. Ferrer, she really opened up the, the, my eyes and my, my family's eyes that college is a, an option and yes. it's a very realistic option but through dr stern and then my counselor mrs copeland they really refined it to like okay you know you want to go to college but let's get to the you know the the facts and the figures as to where you want to go what do you want to study and i can't thank dr stern enough for the amount of hours he spent reviewing my application essays there's times that you know we would have one-on-one -on -one sessions after school it's just to talk just to talk about you know, his college experience, um, what he did down at Purdue, and just ask me, like, what is it that you want to do and kind of give me advice for it. Um, he was actually very uh, resourceful, and I, I got an opportunity to do an internship with a local engineering firm, a Packer Engineer, mm -hmm. and um, uh, that really just made it an, an actual opportunity, an actual uh a dream turned into reality because they actually paid you. It was a paid internship. Yeah. So you would go to Packer and you do different types of engineering experiments and then you get a paycheck and you're like, wow, your name's <laughs> on this paycheck that has the letter having an engineering firm. So it, it can't happen. That brings it home, I'm yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he, he helped me prep for my uh, college entrance exams and, and Mrs. Copeland was always there for me. If, hey, if you want to take a college tour visit, you, you want to look at these other schools, um, I'm here for you. Um, and I'd meet with her at 7 a.m. and I'd meet with him at 3 p.m. after school. So it was a constant cycle, and uh, and and he he never he never ever pushed me to say like you know you should go go to this school or you should study this. It was more like he always listened. He always listened to what I had to say, and then he would just offer his advice as to what he thought would be uh, viable options. But sure. he always offered options. It was never this is the best route to take. And and I. I'm entirely thankful for for, for that. Sound like you had choices, which mm -hmm. was which was awesome. Um, you know, it's that's a valuable lesson for our adults to hear as well. That taking time just to listen, taking time to just give some guidance, and not pushing them in a direction is extremely helpful. And and uh, I don't think sometimes we realize the impact we can make by yeah. just taking a moment. And and I want to. I want to go back to the student uh, experience as well. Mm -hmm. So now that you know you are the the wizened veteran, <laughs> uh, as a as a graduate of West Aurora High School, graduate of the University of Illinois, uh, uh, capably engaged in a civil engineering uh, position, 
what kind of uh, guidance would you give? You talk about Dr. Stern's guidance and your, your counselor's guidance and your folks, your parents' guidance. What advice would you give, A, to students who are in their sophomore, junior, senior year at West High and are, are just unsure? Um, maybe they've tasted the waters of different uh, content areas and just not sure where they're landing. Uh, give some guidance there, and then I want to probe down a little deeper. Let's start with that broader question first. Okay. Um, I would definitely say, so I'm an engineer, so everything to me is equations and, and numbers. Failure is part, has to be part of the equation for you to succeed. Okay. Don't be afraid to fail. And that's definitely something, just because when I was a student, that was a big fear of mine. I can't, I can't fail because, you know, then you won't qualify to make it to certain universities. But failure is part of the process. And it, having that mentality, I feel that students will be more confident in taking uh, riskier choices. And by what I mean by riskier choices, it's more of truly finding what their passion is versus taking, um, you know, what, what they see as like, I need, to do, I need to get straight A's in order to make it to college, which straight A's will help you. <laughs> it doesn't but, hurt, right? But it does, it, but it's definitely not, if that's the only thing that, that you can accomplish, it's definitely not as attractive to certain universities and, and it's not helpful for you to, uh, once you do try to achieve, a, get your career in, in the future, because at the end of the day, my boss never asked me what was my GPA. He, he, it's always more about what the, what the results that you can bring to the table. Um, so failure is part of the equation to success. And at the same time, when you're a sophomore, junior in high school, a lot of times you'll ask yourself, well, I want to be this. Why does U.S. history apply to my career? And it may not, but it certainly won't hurt you to know U.S. history. Sure. So try to do as best as you can in every class that, you, that you're taking so that you can have a, a good foundation. And then that way, if you never talk about U.S. history, that's fine, but you at least you know, made it through and you showed that none of, the universities won't necessarily uh, value more of what date you know of, of certain uh, historical events, but the way that you can process certain information for that applicable field. And I think that sometimes students kind of look at that. They want to get to A, and they take a straight shot to it. Yes. And from the short time that I've been on this earth, I've learned that nothing's ever a straight shot. You kind of take a lot of curves and detours, and then next thing you know, you're in the middle of it, and you land to you, you get to where you want to go to. So don't don't ever give up. Failure is part of the equation to success. And um, and one thing I would tell myself if I was in, in those in that seat today is sometimes take something try to venture into learning about something that you uh, that maybe you're not interested in right now but if it, if it has a spark of interest take it and see see where it takes you um, and the reason I say that is because I was so focused once I knew I wanted to be a civil engineer it was all about math and science math and science and I was real pretty much took that mentality uh, through most of my undergrad um, and it wasn't until my master's that I say, well, you know, this university offers so many programs. I could be learning about so many other things. And now that Melton's taking economics, like, geez, I wish I took more <laughs> economics classes. They were so interesting. I took one my senior year of college. And, you know, by that time, there's not as much wiggle room of taking electives. But um, for students that are now sophomores and juniors, take as many classes as you can as your schedule allows you. Um, 
that maybe you can throw in a, a class that doesn't necessarily fit with the norm and, and see if maybe that'll spark an interest in you that you never even knew you had. That, that is just, that's incredible. I mean, that, that's a pick me up for me. I'm getting fired up right now. <laughs> and I really like the way you said, if I could talk to myself back then, uh, what a great way for, for, for kids and even adults to think about, you know, if you could reflect back, what would you tell yourself to do different or, or do more of? I think that's awesome. If I could ask you to touch briefly on, so students are thinking, you know, I, that engineering thing, that looks pretty cool. I think I want to try that. What would you encourage them? I know you would tell them, pick up the math and science piece, but what other pieces and what guidance would you give them in terms of what you learned on your path and how would you make it uh, even more beneficial? So um, un unless you have a, a relative or a close friend that, that's an engineer and maybe you could, you know, help you kind of see where where you can you take like a tour of a college mm. your counselor is the best resource and that's what they're there for and and i think i i worked with miss copeland to the point that maybe sometimes she she's she was already dreaming about me showing up to her office in the morning um but she was she was very helpful and i'm, I'm always thankful to have had her as a counselor um but what i would recommend is if if you can and specifically to civil engineering, there's construction going around everywhere. Um, I mean, we had it in our own backyard when uh, when Westwood was doing their major renovations. Uh, what was it, to the to the field house? The yes. To the field house. If, if you're interested in it, um, obviously, you know, for safety reasons, maybe you won't be able to get access into the site. But if you can view it from outside, just visit it a few times a week and then see what the progress is like. And, you know, that'll spark your mind. A lot of times construction companies or uh, design companies will have job shadow programs and most counselors will know about that. And if they don't, they usually will know someone who may may know about them. Just, you know, don't be don't be scared to uh, to take that route. Um, All I can say is no. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and one thing kind of like alluding to if I was younger at, at that stage, I always look for, you know, either getting a summer job. Uh, just you know, help pay with the bills or help pay for my my gas money. But if I would have known that there was like apprenticeship programs that you can get into with the trades, you know, you, you help out. Be you're basically a helper to a carpenter, you're a helper to any a pipe fitter or an electrician. If I would have known that knowledge from the field, and then applied that throughout my college career, so that now when I'm a project manager working with multiple trades. That knowledge is invaluable. It's so valuable. At least the vocabulary would help, right? Oh, absolutely. It's be because you, you learn one thing in college, and then you get to the field where someone's been doing it for 30 years, and they call it something totally different. <laughs> You're just scratching your head like, I have no idea what that Didn't is. Didn't see that in my textbook yep. or that lecture. Exactly. That's so, awesome. Um, so if you could do that, um, you know, take a little summer job and be an apprentice or, or help out, be a helper, I think that would open your eyes to construction in general and, and you know, really get into the nitty-gritty of, is this what I want to do? And this is the reality of you being able to, uh, to build something. And I think it's, 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 it's real cool, at least for, for the few years that I've been with Turner, that every once in a while I get to drive around and I'll tell my folks or I'll tell my girlfriend, like, hey, look, I, I helped build that. And it, it'll be pretty cool to you know, see down in, the, down in the future, you know, when I have my own kids and, and my own family, that say, hey, look, your dad was working on this. Absolutely. And, and you, know, you get to leave your, your legacy physically and literally there that's awesome that's really awesome and i tell you with that solid advice uh i hope we can encourage some of our our current students and maybe some of our soon-to-be uh, college students 
uh, that can listen to some of this advice. Yeah, that's just right on the money. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's, uh, if I'm going to take you back into 2007, 2008, 2009, <laughs> what's some of your best memories of uh, West High? Oh, boy. Um, 2000, those early 2000s. I think I don't have a specific memory, but what I what I will tell you is between yeah 2006 or 2009, I made some close friends. Um, you know when they say that once you go off to college or once you once you leave Aurora, you you won't see these people again. And you know it, it's true in some cases you won't. There's no way of being in contact with everyone. Mm-hmm. But I made very uh, very bondful memories, very close friends that, I mean, I still talk to them on a daily basis and no we kidding. still, we still meet with each other on a daily basis. And, uh, and, espe- and especially when a lot of these friends of mine, uh, we didn't meet in high school. We met back in Jefferson or we met back at Hall Elementary wow. and, you know, you kind of just build a rapport and, and, uh, and, uh, it, it's real interesting that every once in a while when we, when our work schedule allows it, uh, we get to meet and, you know, it, it's exciting to be able to see what they're doing and, and hear about their stories and their successes. Um, so it's just, it's just funny that you think about, you know, we were just a bunch of kids who really didn't know where we were going in the lunch cafeteria or in our certain classes to now, like, you know, I have friends that are lawyers. I have friends that are doctors or just finishing med school. And it's like, wow, you know, to be able to say that, you know, you're my friend and, you know, we started from, we all started from Aurora and now we're doing great things. It's just, it's just a warm feeling and a, a very proud moment. Awesome. And, and you never know, right? Mm-hmm. You never know where the life's going to take you. So, um, I noticed you're wearing your University of Illinois shirt today, proudly dis- displaying uh, yes, sir. your, your uh, alma mater post-secondary. Talk to me a little bit, and, and we're obviously we're a little biased here, and we're trying to get Mr. Uh, Perez over here uh, <laughs> into the to the to the blue and red. Yes, uh, sir. What's it mean to you to be a Blackhawk? It's um, it, it just means being able to be part of a a community of of leaders, a community of of uh, of of successful people. That when I, it's funny. With every year that passes, I think my pride of being a Blackhawk grows. You know, I graduated from high school, and it was a proud moment. Um, but it was more proud of, like, you know, we graduated, and I'm, I'm more excited about going into college and, you know, venturing that. But now that I'm done through college, and uh, especially seeing my brothers go through high school, every time that any student does something successful or something, you know, uh, um, exciting in the high school, I, I feel like I, it's like a sense of pride that comes out of it. Even though I may not know that student, um, the things that I have seen you through social media or just heard about um, is amazing. I mean, I almost feel that every year they just take the, the level of, uh, of achievement one step higher because there are things that when I was in, in high school, we had the, um, um, what was the name of that program? It was through, it was basically like a fundraiser uh, that we basically slept in the Bluefield House and ah, we were raising money for the okay. kids in Uganda. Sure. And I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, we're having an international presence. And then and then I see how this goes all the way up to, like, this current year where we, um, where I saw that there was, like, a, a museum exhibit for all of our uh, war veterans yes. where they had, like, the helicopter and everything there and how they, they took, a, you know, a very strong um, statement of saying, you know, West Aurora is here for our veterans. West Aurora is here for our military members. And it's just amazing. And to have that exhibit, uh, I'm sure that everyone in the community who has served um, 
feels uh, feels uh, thankful for being recognized for that. Um, so I think being part of the Blackhawk community is, is just being part of literally a, a group of people who are striving to have their own individual successes. But at the end of the day, when you take a, a step back, it's all stitched together. And you, if you look at it from 30,000 feet in the air, it'll probably show that, that West Aurora red and blue, like uh, like, like the way it showed a, a couple of weeks back with the, uh, who was it, the ABC7? Yeah, with the flyover. Yeah, with yeah. the flyover, just like that. That's so, good stuff. Um, so it's just, it's, just, uh, it's just exciting. It's exciting to be part of a community that's doing so well. And, and to see that that Aurora is shining and, and it's doing well and, and it's thankfully it's part to, it has part to do with uh, with the things that our students are doing at West. Well, Gil, we're certainly uh, proud that you're one of ours and we continue oh, to you. claim you. So, uh, congratulations on a phenomenal uh, ac academic career and uh, just proud that you're doing so well and contributing back to our communities uh, in your role as a civil engineer. And we're just proud that uh, your family is part of our family. And so thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you. Um, Gilberto uh, Chaidez Jr., just uh, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Uh, your words um, probably are more impactful than most of our adults could be just because, not that you're not an adult, uh, but our, <laughs> our, our, our employees, uh, just because you came through our system, uh, you are showing you're a shining example of what can be and what should be and what just a little bit of hard work can do and a little creative mind and then uh, family support. So thank you so much for being here. We're proud to have you here and uh, wish you the best of luck moving forward. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn radio app. And I would encourage you to subscribe to our broadcast and please give us your feedback so we can continue to improve our discussions. Uh, this is our fifth podcast and we're signing off and I uh, hope you listen. Have a great day. <laughs>